0: Hui Maoliola proudly presents Leo Kupa e Mai, the thought-provoking podcast on perpetuating Hawaiian healing and wellness. Brought to you this month by Noho Designs, Hawaiian vintage chic home decor. The Indigenous Soap Company, created on the island of Oahu. The Indigenous comes from our passion in using native medicinal herbs and oils from all over the world. Alana Natural Therapy in town and Piko Kea. Therapeutic Lomi and Rehabilitation Massage in Kailua. Mamalani, all-natural deodorants, body powders, and body products. Aloha Aina Packaging Handmade by Hawaiians. The Hawaiian Kava Center, LLC. Growers, purveyors, and supporters of kava from Hawaii. Lotus Blossom in You. Lomi Lomi, Ho'oponopono. Farm Laau Lapa'ao. Dula, Halei Birth Support Services. Ho'oulu Aina. A welcoming place of refuge where people of all cultures sustain and propagate the connections between health of the land and health of the people. As always, Ola Wednesdays is hosted by Kamakanui Ahailono Jingao.
1: Okay, mahalo. Oh, no. <laughs> <coughs> e kakuwa mauna lwa lahi la lo he na u ma ya ha na kwa ya ha na i ka na i na kupuna pu na e ho mai ka Kai Kai Kaman Kyo Mania Kou Mania Mania Ka Ho A Mama Uano E Ho Oman Alo Mai Kako. Welcome to Leo Cooper from us at Hui Mauliola. The mission of Hui Maulia Ola is to perpetuate Hawaiian healing and wellness. Um, Glad we could be here here on Leo Kupa with Uncle Wesley over here. Aloha. Aloha. Um, Uncle Wes is a native of Honolulu and of Chinese Polynesian ancestry raised in Moanalua Gardens. He received his training in Hawaiian and Polynesian massage techniques. He was trained and apprenticed under Auntie Margaret Machado in Hawaiian Lomi Lomi Massage. He was also trained by the late Uncle Kalua Kayahua of Maui in the Hawaiian healing art of lua and body alignment and received training in ancient Polynesian body alignment from Uncle Freddy Tita of Aitutaki, Cook Islands. Uncle Wesley has worked in the spa industry in Hawaii for the last 20 years and presently teaches in Los Angeles, Hawaii and Japan. Currently, Wesley uses his Wealth of experience in Lomi Lomi and Hawaiian culture to make magical, memorable experiences for guests at Aulani's Disney's Laniwai Spa.
2: <laughs> Aloha, How you doing? Aloha.
1: Oh, my kai, my kai. So share with us a little bit about, um, you know, your stories and what brought you to um, the cultural practices of, of Lomi Lomi and of being here um, at this wonderful place over here.
2: We're sitting here today in um, where Lomi Lomi was birthed, where Lomi Lomi came from our ancestors in Tahiti in the South Pacific. When they came here they already brought with them the, those techniques and. They passed it down from generation to generation, and I was quite fortunate to be under kahuna. Each one of the uh, uh, kumu that I have learned from all can trace the genealogy to kahuna lines. And those were the ones, everyone could practice lomi lomi, everybody did lomi lomi in, the, in their home, but those who are of that class of people were skilled in um, more of the medical, more of the sci- you know their type of science in physiotherapy. So it's it's a little different from what people did at home just to help each other, and then the professionals they sought out uh, for different problems. So when I say this environment here, when we started to revive all of the culture over 35 years ago, nothing like this existed. You would have to go down to Samoa, to the South Pacific, and there you would find the villages and people living in those areas, just like they had done for centuries. Still sleeping on the mats on the floor, the lauhala that the women woke, the men going out into the plantations, planting the taro, going out fishing, and coming home at night and having their meal, the men preparing the earth oven, the umu, the imu. And then the prayers being said in the evening, and then people retiring for the night. That was lost here. We had 35 years ago, pretty much everybody lived like anybody else anywhere in the United States. There was no village. There was no place. Like when I went back in 1980, I went on a study tour to Samoa, to the island of Manono. And there, um, Keoni Fairbanks, who was in charge of the Kaholave, uh project, he and I went down there, and we went for the purpose of learning uh, the Samoan language and the culture. When we went to Manono, it was ex- exactly like how we would have envisioned how things were in Hawaii back then. And uh, we, <laughs> one night I told the family, I said, I said, uh, Mafue, can I sleep in the fale right by the ocean? And I, you know, I'll take the, my fale with me and I'll go over there. And she said, yeah, yeah, go. And so there's a, there was a guest house made in the traditional way right by the ocean because it's cooler, you know, the breeze come in. And so I took my mats and I put it on the, in their in their area, they put uh, coral down on the ground. And then you put the big mat first, it has a big weave to uh, cushion, and then you place the finer mats on, and then you have a sheet to sleep with. So I slept like that all night, and it was very pleasant because the breeze was coming through the Fale, And uh, I was very comfortable. Well, I I stayed like that for one month. you living very much like how they do. And then when I went back to American Samoa to my cousin's house, he was the manager of Bank of Hawaii at that time. I couldn't sleep on the bed. (laughs) I got the mat and I put it on the ground and I was sleepy although he had air conditioning. And his wife peeped in the room and she go, she said, hey, Mel, Wesley sleeping on the floor on the mat <laughs> and He said, How come you don't sleep on the bed? I said, Oh, I, I kind of like sleeping on the mat. I was sleeping like that for one month. And it was it was interesting because um, from that a lot of those experiences stayed with me because I was, you know, I was still young. I was in my early twenties when I went. And uh, I got to meet Mary Pritchard who taught me how to make samoan Tapa and then that's how I came back and we started to experiment with the Hawaiian, what we knew of what was uh, left of the Hawaiian method. And today, here at Halao Kumana and also what I just did at the Arboretum, Lion Arboretum, uh, Beatrice Krause at that time, she was uh, doing a Hawaiian ethnobotany class and she wrote a book and everything. So she encouraged me, she said, Pursue this so that we can have this back again. And I said, okay, I will be. And I did. I went to see my Auntie Malia Solomon. I saw all the people that were trying to revive it. And we did. Puanani Van Dorp and I did work together. And so all of the cultural stuff we did 35 years ago. Kioni Nunes was one of the practitioners at that time. A lot of them that are, are with us today. Malcolm Chan, who wrote the book. You know, he did translations. And so today, we sit here, this is not to be taken for granted because when we started, there was nothing. Today, we can teach the children, they come over here, they cut the tree down, they go under here, they teach them how to clean it, they make the tapa, and they gather all the um, plants for the dyes. We have noni up here, we have the olena up here, we have olena down here. Everything they need to make the copper is here. Even right over there where the chicken was scratching, those are pia, and they use a pia to help the tapas stick together. There's a, a potato on the bottom. So, what we have here today was not possible 35 years ago when we started. This is the type of copper that the Hawaiians were famous for because it has the watermark in it. If you hold it up to the light you can see there's a design in the fabric and this particular design is uh, the nihomano, it's a socks tooth design like a triangle and then this design here we we call it the um, the uh, the kulikikee um, uh, because it looks like the, the knee bending like that and this dye here is from noni. This is noni when you put the lime in it, it turns red, and noni just by itself is yellow. So these are the two colors that the Hawaiians use a lot in the old days. The reason I bring this up is the noni and the olena are both la'au la'pa'au, yes. from what we're doing, okay? But it was also used in their everyday life for their clothing. And remember in those days, these colors can only be worn by the Ali'i. The Kwakainana can't, their clothes was all plain. They didn't have any design on top because it's not allowed. So the red and the yellow, which were symbolic of royalty, comes from the Nononi plant. And that, even in Tahiti, they do that where they get the, um, the burnt coral and then uh, crush it up. And when they throw it into the noni juice, you got to get the roots and scrape it, it turns this red here. And then just the root by itself is yellow. And uh, the, the children are really amazed because every time we do this, they go, wow, look at the colors changing. And all. And we have to give credit to those uh, kupuna that came all the way from Tahiti back then and the parts of South Pacific that brought this knowledge to Hawaii and kept it so that we could have it today. This tree here was brought from Tahiti because it's not the one that is in Tonga and Fiji. And uh, why they only brought this one, we don't know, but the same plant exists in the Marquesas and also in Tahiti. So we know for a fact that when they came, they brought this with them. That being said, they also brought the lomi lomi with them. And one way we were able to trace it is through, when you said about Uncle uh, Freddy Tiramakea. Uncle Freddie comes from Aitutaki. Aitutaki is uh, the Cook Islands. But all those people, including Tahiti, the Marquesas, the Tuamotu, they're all the same people because the language is very closer, is closer to Hawaiian than it is to Samoan and Tongan and uh, Fijian. So those people also have legends of the canoes coming from Hawaii King, going down south. And um, my wife's grandfather wrote the genealogy very carefully down because he is a descendant. When I say I grew up in Mauna Loa, I didn't know at that time I was gonna marry a girl whose ancestors were from there. But Mauna Loa is famous because in ancient times, a Tahitian woman by the name of Kahiki Laulani. Tebahine roa. Sailed on her canoe all the way up to Hawaii Came in where Keihe Lagoon is Where Sunny Ching have, you has know, his stuff right over there Entered the stream that goes all the way up to Lua, You know where the park is And there she met her husband who was a young mountain chief of Lua, And they, got, they came together In her hand she has a puolu of, uh, with a ohia tree and a manu'o'o bird perched on the branch. And Grandpa recorded this in the genealogy. He gave the specific names, he gave where each generation came from all the way down to my wife. So when my wife took the DNA test, we took that ancestry.com thing, it went exactly to one of the women who had come from on the, uh, this uh, Mutiny on the Bounty the story, The HMS Bounty was a ship that uh, Fletcher Christian, Captain Bly, and all of them, they came to go get the breadfruit to take it to the Bahamas for food for the slaves. So they were trying to get all the Ulu plants and put it on top, but they rebelled against him, and they took the ship, they kicked him off, made Captain Bly sail away by himself with his uh, crew that went with him, and they took with him Thaisian women and some Thaisian men, and they had to find a place to hide because if they got caught, they would all be hung. So where they landed was on Pitcairn Island and the Tahitians knew of that island. That's why they guided them over there. This lady is a descendant of one of the Tahitian women and John Adams, one of the sailors. Her ancestors then were taken to Norfolk Island and from there she went to, they went to Australia. Her DNA, she said. She told my wife, "I think I'm related to you through my Polynesian, because um, I'm my, you know, one of my ancestors is the one of those women. All of them were from royal families. All of them could make kapa, but their way according to their island. So some came from Raiatea, Borabora, uh, uh, nui all the different, you know, areas. But they all were ariki. So." that confirmed grandpa's story. Because these women were Thaisian, descendant of Thaisian, and my wife's genealogy hooked up to her. When we know that, we know this is how far Lomi Lomi has come. Because if the DNA is still in us, the skill is still here. That's why it's my desire, you know, as we go further on, to train our next generation. Because Auntie Margaret, Uncle Kalua, they all pass on already. Alva just died. Uncle Freddy is now 81 years old, but he cannot do like he used to do before. It's our turn now to pass this, and that's why these children over here, we're trying to teach them, and also uh, with you know people that you folks meet, we have uh, the group over at Aulane that um, uh, studied and uh, there's several others. Uh, Kilo is, you know, with that group too. And we're hoping that with the, uh, the Lomi Lomi, a lot of this will get transmitted as well.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: why I always bring the culture in because they don't realize that a lot of times the two are intertwined together so today like I, the kids i got the ulu that they had harvested from the tree and i put it on the um, that little grill that we get we put the butane on top and i roasted the them and we you know you burn the whole thing put papa all on the top then once you do that you peel off the papa part, and the ulu is ready and so the kids had the ulu and they said oh it tastes good you know and they were eating it and I said, now, do you know why I'm serving this? It's not just for your snack. I said, kids, listen. Ulu means to what? And one of the girls from Aotearoa said, it means to grow. It means to grow. I said, okay. So, why I give you this ulu is like a prayer, a pule, that what you learn today, you will grow and it will flourish, so that one day. All this mana'o that you're learning today you can pass to your children and your children can go to theirs. That's the reason I'm giving you the Ulu. So that when you eat, you remember. Ulu, I ate the Ulu fruit, but I also will have this grow within me. So that's what I hope.
1: Nice, yeah. Very important that the I is important of the I, Ulu to grow I, and I Yeah, exactly. And when you're talking about how the um you know with the the different work of uncle freddie and auntie margaret how it's all interconnected yes uh can you share with us some of the similarities of the the practices of you know was there similarities that you've seen with uncle freddie with auntie margaret with papa kalua
2: some similarities in, in in concept and and how you work but the technique was different because auntie margaret was on the table with the oil And she also could do without the oil, but then she'd do through the cloth like that. Um, Kalua did the lua, so he was going like this, and he was, uh, you know, squeezing, and then he would work along the tendons and the ligaments. So if he saw us go like this, then he would say, no, that's what they call lomi lomi. My work is the lua, so he would correct us. And Uncle Freddie does uh, with the feet, but also with the hands, with... He does compression, you know, kaome, the Hawaiians call. Because, you know, in the old days, there was no word lome lome. It was dependent on what you were doing, whether you kaome, you hamo hamo, you know, you you, uh, It Every, you ae, lome ae, whether you're using your feet. Everything you do had a name for it. Because Makana Chai did that research in her book. The original lomi lomi was the one that take care of the uh, kukai for the king. So, which is important, because even uh, some of the students, they, they think, Oh, why you guys always talking about kukai and, you know, that? And I say, well, because that's the job of the kahuna, to check the internal. Auntie Margaret, uh, very, very, she cannot separate the lomi lomi from uh, all of them. All, you ask for the similarity. That is a similarity in every one of them. Kalua would give different la'au-lapa'au for cleansing the stomach. He also do the opuhule. Auntie Margaret would also do the seawater cleanse. She would do the koali. She would give the herbs that I gave you, the five. Uh, Uncle Freddie also does herbs, but um, because he's in the state, he'll refer us to... Hold uh, the clock with some of the other people that have kidney cleanse or liver cleanse. And each one really felt that the cleansing was important. But as far as the actual technique, like, you know, how we, you know, massaging, um, it, 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 what, not really the same, yeah, because it's different people. I would say because Auntie Margaret um, uh, had to teach something that was close to a Swedish massage. Many of the students had to go back and work that her work was more like that with the oil. And that Kalua wasn't training that kind of people. He was mm-hmm. training people to uh, heal. So then that's when he you know, u- used that, that method like that. And then he adjusted the bones and everything. And uh, Uncle Freddy, his is to align the body to straighten it. So that's how come they put them on the ground and use the feet and the pole to stretch and all so that the spine come up. And he told us, he said, if you look at the old Polynesians, you look at the pictures that uh, John Webber sketched, you know, Captain Cook's time, you don't see nobody like this, yeah, no, no, everybody is tall and erect. And they were all doing that on a daily basis. They were having somebody walk on them, they're stretching, exercise. Uh, Even though some of, you know, some of the women kind of a little bit hefty, but nobody is extremely obese like today. You know, that's because of the Ipono, you know, and the eating. Although today, but before they didn't have soda and donuts and you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff too, yeah. So technique is a is little different for yeah. each one.
1: But philosophy, on the philosophy end, they were? Um...
2: Uh, not. Some some of it, because Auntie Margaret was heavy on the Ho'oponopono, and that was because Grandpa Ahaula um, uh, Keali'i gave her not only the Lomi Lomi, but the Ho'oponopono as a, as it is related to Lomi Lomi. So it's not the same Ho'oponopono you sit down and then everybody talk and discuss. Mm-hmm. This one, because Auntie Mona Kahele, her cousin, talk, taught us that. Taught us how to sit down and then you kuka kuka and then okay you do this you do that that all the steps she gave us very very detailed steps on on how to ho'oponopono but auntie margaret one was different hers was as soon as she find that area that where you're keeping the tension then you know lomi the thing starts to come out um you you may not know how to articulate it uh one example was the person all of a sudden stopped crying and then you know you, you don't know oh what, what's going on well then the person may tell you she don't she don't you know force them to say anything but a lot of times they'll say um, my my wife had a good uh, good uh, uh, example of that when we went to Japan and was teaching my wife doesn't speak any Japanese and she was massaging one of the Japanese girls and the girl started to cry and cry and cry and, she said, oh, honey, come. The girl crying, I don't understand what she's saying. So I went to her and I said, oh, uh, Yamamoto-san, do desu ka? Mama-san, Yamamoto-san, ga nai- nai- dakara, do desu ka? Yamamoto-san, do desu So she said, oh, my dad died two years ago. I have had no time to cry. I'm so busy. I cannot I didn't cry. But when mama was massaging me, I start to just cry and cry and mama hold me and Mama hugged me and I just let everything go and I said, Okay, I understand. I said, Oh honey, because she never had time to cry. So oh, my wife held her and then she said, Okay, I'm gonna pray with you, okay? So she said, Oh Wes, come we'll translate, I'm gonna pray for her. So we prayed with her and that happens all the time. When we were at uh, Ihilani Resort before 20 years ago we were bringing back the lomi lomi as it's supposed to be back into the spa. Prior to that people were doing whatever they were doing. So one of the things was ha- happening Adana Wong and David Lewis, all of us were over there at that time, people used to cry. People used to just have a release. and. Uh, we said oh my god what's going on that was because of the ho'oponopono she said release before the sun go down so that's why I think you had also mentioned to me "Oh, how do you care for yourself because some people teach oh you take all the heva heva from people and you bring it inside and then you go dump it or whatever they don't teach that I never heard any of them say that we're going to suck the bad from you and then we're going to take it out because Auntie Margaret's way she said you have to ho'oponopono you have to release before the sunset. you caused your neck to come tight like that and then she would go like this and she would feel they ah. they said you see you're pinching your own karate artery and all that okay so our job is to lomi them help them let that go and Auntie said don't don't Counsel. Don't go put words in their mouth or try to pry, you know, what's going on and uh, you let them do it because otherwise you, you, you're you forcing something out of them. That just shouldn't be. They know when it's time to, to let it go. And you know what? Every one of the ones that had that, I said, you should go down to the ocean. You know, get the, the bay yeah, where Aulani is. Mm-hmm. I said, go down in it. At that time they didn't have Aulani now. The, the bay is only Ihilani and it's all empty. I said, go down at, at, at the evening, the sun coming down, and take some of the sand in your hand. I, you know, just so that they know how to do it. it. That's not the way Auntie Margaret said. But for them, stick take some of the sand in your hand and just throw it in the ocean as the sun is going down. Let it represent all that stuff that's very heavy on you. So people would do it. Because later on, I get one letter and it's, you know, I thought, oh, she went spill water on top. But it wasn't, it was tears. And, you know, no email and text before, so you got to write, yeah? Yeah, yeah? So I still have that, that letter from the lady, and she said, you know, I came from L.A., I was totally stressed out. She said, and, you know, I'm not a, a religious person, a spiritual person, and you told me, okay, go out to the ocean and, you know, just let it go when the sun sets. So she did. And she said, all of a sudden, something came over her, and she couldn't, Controlled, she started to weep and weep and weep she said i want you to know that as i'm going back to la today i am so light i i feel so much less stressed and burdened and she said i want to thank you for helping me with that so that's what auntie margaret did with with that that's why you said oh I, you don't absorb once in a blue moon once in a blue moon somebody you work on, and they, they're not necessarily disagreeable kind of people. But all of a sudden, you gotta go bathroom. You go, I gotta go bathroom. You go, and my God, the stuff come out all black. And then, two, three hours later, everything come back normal again. And, I, uh, and then I notice, the person that that happened to, because one of them, I, I see them all the time now, something changed in them. And I told him, I said, oh, I tell you, after I went doing something must have came out of you because before that, he was very nasty. Yeah, calling everybody stupid and, and all kind of, you know, every time, always it's negative, negative. Today, he's a much nicer person. Not totally nice, but he's much, much nicer than before. And that's why I think Uncle Kalua and Uncle Freddy all stressed, to the cleansing, the internal cleansing. Because if for some reason something like that comes, let it go. Don't hold it and make yourself sick. One of the things that Uncle Freddy introduced to us is uh, hold the clock, uh, the frequency uh, treatments. And so my wife and I have that device at home. It's called the um, uh, plate zapper. And when we were down in Rarotonga, we were, went down to get treatments, uh, the guy said, oh, this uh, here, because this goes into exactly what we're talking about. See, in, you know in our culture that sometimes it's a spiritual illness. Mm-hmm. You know, they can call noho, or whatever the, you know, the term is. And no matter how much you lomi-lomi, love me, love me, that's not gonna go away because there's something inside, you know, kepelo or whatever the old folks used to say. Well, this device emits frequency that when a Kepaloa see that they see the image of angels and they run away now in the Cook Islands the guy said well this seems to uh, repel negative energies that uh, tend to be you know, he's trying to explain in the holy terms and I told him I said because I know the Maori people what they call this I said you mean Tupapaku That's what they call it, okay? In Hawaiian, Kupapa'u is a corpse, yeah? You know, the person died a dead body. So I said, Tupapaku. He said, ah, yes. And the Maoris were all sitting over there laughing. They they said, yes, that's right. Because one of the Maori men took me outside and he said, oh, come, I'm gonna show you something. You see this plant over here? He said, my grandmother used that for the maki Tupapaku. I said, really? That's the illness come from the spirits. I said, "Uh, how? He said, well, she boils it, and then she throws it on them. Hmm. And the tupapaku don't like it, and they run away. And I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, I don't know if we have something like that in Hawaii. We do, but it's the pikai, you know, where you put the hala, the libukala, and the olena in the water, and then the, the, the pikai, that kind of, or you go in the ocean, or that kind of thing. But for them, they use that that plant I saw. It was like weeds and they boil it and that's what they use because they they still believe that, that a lot spiritual of the aspect. illness yeah. is to papaku, yeah. And for us, it's hard because like we work in the spa. I we can, we are not allowed to tell the, the guests, Oh by the way, you get one a on top of you or you know, you get something on you. We cannot do that. You know, Disney Even if we talk about ghosts and spirits and all that, I'm not not supposed to. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, if if they ask or whatever, usually I I just say in general terms, but I don't tell them directly. And for our own people, that's where I've seen that kind of thing with Kalua driving out the the Kepaloa. And it was very heavy because there was a guy who came into the session one time and with his group and he was some kind of guru, you know, um, I don't know what kind of guru, like, uh, Hare Krishna or whatever. And he came in and, and Kalua said, he saw that guy going like this. And Kalua told him, boy, you better stop that. Because if you don't, something will happen. And so he was standing, you know, sitting down like that. And his students were there. They were just there to maha'oi, but they, you know, some of them were getting treatment. We let people come get treatment. And he he kept going like this, kind of subtle, like he was going like that. And all of a sudden, (laughs) the guy fell down on the ground and he started going like this. And Kalua had to go and he bring him on the table. Everybody, you know, helped him. Bula Logan was with me they had to bring him on the table and the guy was crying and shaking and everything. And Kalua had to help, help him. And uh, how, would, mean, huh? how would Kalua um, help him he in did the Pule. Yes, because he went into the house. People have problem. They said, uh, they feel somebody choking the neck like that. And he would go into the house and Ihilani, we had problem. Ihilani, the girl tell me one day, she said, Wes, I want you to see this Japanese holly girl, she's from Japan. She said, look, she pulled up her skirt, black and blue, big black and blue. And I said, whoa, what happened? She said, I was in the office counting the money. Somebody pushed the door, whacked me, and I ran out to look. I said, I was so angry. You didn't even say sorry or nothing. Somebody just pushed the door. I ran out. Nobody's around. The door is locked, the front door. So she said, look, I'm just showing you, this, this somebody hit me, and I don't know where they are. The Filipino custodians. Uh, Wesley, uh, we don't like come down here because uh, nighttime the people laughing. I go, what do you mean, Wanda laughing? Uh, they come down here, they're laugh, laughing, laughing. I go, and what? And uh, laughing and talk, 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 and uh, I, I, we don't want to come by ourselves. I said, okay. You tell Pedro and you, you got to come together, you come, okay? But they were scared because every time they come, they hear noises. Then the other Japanese girl was in the back by the ladies there and she said, Oh, I see lady in white, sit down on the chair. I said, Yes? She said, Yes. So I went to tell her that the spy is closed. I have to open the door, let her out. But when I went back, she's gone. So these kind of things were happening all the time. So I called Kalua. I said, Kalua, will you please come because they're having problems in the hotel, you know, to get Kepalua and whatever. So he came and he can sense, yeah? He could feel like this. And then he, he went, Oh, look at that. He went right by the rock wall. Went, look, 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 look at that. All the hair standing up. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? When they went build this hotel, some of the rocks came down from the air, and then they didn't take care of it. They just put them right inside. He said, that's what the problem. So he said, look, 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 look here. And all the hair standing up. So what he did was he went to the lo- different locations and he pulled it and he took the oil and you know blessed the, the area. And then he had all of us with the uh, general manager, the spa director, and all the employees hold hands and then he pulled it. And he said, you know, uh, pray That the management, employees all work together to help each other to make this job and this place a nice place. You know. That was very nice because, see, you know, they believe that if you have hakaka and uh, lily and all that kind of problems, you know, like people against each other, that, that attracts that kind of element. Mm-hmm. So it's that's why you have to ho'oponopono because, right, that sometimes the ma'i is from the um, the uhane or whatever, and it's because they before they used to believe the kupuna are angry because the family fighting each other, they don't have peace with each other. So, they, the ho'oponopono is to resolve this issue so that the healing can come because the kupuna are, are angry and they, they are, they're allowing. The uh, illness to come because of that and I think that's what the, the girls were asking that time how you take care that kind of stuff so most of the way that I was taught is they do through the Lord's Prayer to Christian way um, uh, I I haven't uh, experienced the other other way you know the old way a lot of the kupunas tell us their kupuna knew those practices but they knew the kids cannot continue so that's why they didn't pass that down and Timona told us if you go that way somebody either you or somebody in your family will get sick or die to pay for the manna, because it exchange yeah that's that way so that's why she said we were taught we go with the Lord because he will forgive us and then we're not gonna get in trouble. Which is the same thing I think Pat Bacon and uh, Mary Pukui had come up with, uh, according to one of the articles I read, that they, uh, they felt, I think Pat Bacon felt that, you know, uh, the children, to make them, her children, responsible for that kind of stuff would be difficult. Because if they don't do it properly, something would happen. So that's why she uh, didn't um, you know, pass that pot. Now, they did make the altar, but I was told when they finished, they they, uh, they put it away, yeah? And when Pat was going up with Mary but they also discussed that the generation, the newer generation, maybe might not be able to maintain that, because some of the stuff, like uh, Umikai told me, you know, the kids learning how to make the makau, yeah? We got the bones and they filing. But well, some of the kids didn't know that the cows were not, indi- were not indigenous to Hawaii. She said, what? You mean, Hawaii didn't have cows? They said, no, never have cows. So what was the biggest bone that they had to use? They were thinking and thinking. Umi and said, human. But we don't use human bones because in the old days, you have to feed mm-hmm. that makau. Mm-hmm. See, and today, the kids, the way they are, they're not going to feed every time. They're going to forget.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: so that's why we're using the cow bone and they don't have to worry but that that part that's why you asked about you know how you take care of that uh, ourselves um, I I don't bring that kind of thing home with me and if I do uh, I may bring stress you know I come home and my wife says what's eating you <laughs> so then we gotta discuss home. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you just want me to explain about the care, self-care. Yeah, or yeah. as
1: far as yourself, you know, how you, you restore yourself and restore your mana. I know you do a lot with the community over here at Halau Kumana with, you know, with your lauhala weaving and with your commitments at the um, Aulani.
2: Well, first know? of all, um, a lot of our uh, therapists working in our environment, it's a very rigorous environment because sometimes we do almost five people every day. That's five days a week if we're full time, and um, it's a different kind of work because Physically. if you're working outside, it's relaxed. You you talk story, whatever. But these people are there, and they're there. They're yeah. paying money. They want you to do this. You know when we worked Moana at that time, uh, where we, where we are at Aulani, it's it's no different. Um, Therefore, the amount of work you're doing—that many people, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uncle freddie they heard said, "Oh, I can do seven. I can do ten every day, and I never get tired and all that." I said, "Well, um, <laughs> you you still have to watch yourself, okay?" So I get I get treated twice a month. Um, I have Enric work on me, do Alva's work. And then I have my student. My student, I've been training him for seven years. So he does what I, I, I usually do. <clears throat> and I, 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 you know, I guide him, whatever I have wrong, then I tell him, oh, feel. work on this, work on that. And so, and on top of that, every other week, I also go to acupuncture and I get the herbs. In addition, I take the time, I go to Kona, I go to Kohala, to Hilo, to the big island, and I go out into the uh, bushes, so to speak, and I get back in touch with the aina because I know where all those, like the one I gave you, yeah, this and have, uh, herbs here. Out. Now this is one of the herbs that Auntie Margaret uh, uh, gave for cleansing. It has mamaki, it has ohelo, it has liko, it has uh, koko'olau, Nyamaki, Liko, Ojelo, Koko Olao. Only gotta put wapine, the lemongrass. Just cut them up and put it inside. Then Elima, Nala'o Elima. So there's, there's, uh, that one has five. You just gotta add the wapine in there. You can get the wapine anywhere and just cut it up and uh, put, mix it in with, with what I gave you. But that five, uh, is very important because it goes through your system. I asked Beatrice Krauss, this is 30 years ago, when, um, actually when Auntie Margaret trained me 1994, Beatrice Krauss was still alive. So I went to her and I said, Beatrice, um, people in the States are telling me that this tea is fantastic. Uh, they have chemotherapy and they're throwing up, they're nauseated. When they take this, it settles their stomach is there something that tells us uh, biologically what is in this? And she said, you know, we don't have that kind of research right now. We, we only have what the kupuna said they were used for. But as far as a detailed analysis of what's inside the herbs, we, they, they didn't know back then. I don't know, today might be different. But Auntie Margaret just said, oh, it settles the stomach and all that. But this, I had people in Newport Beach swear by it. And uh, they said, you should sell it. You'll make a lot of money. Cannot. Because this la Lapa'au, I go pick from uh, Puna, up Mauna Kea, and I go all over and I uh, And I gather that, and Auntie said, you always pull it. And put it together, not in the sunshine, but in the shade, yeah, you, don't, you cannot leave the direct sunlight on top. Whatever it is that's in the combination of those herbs, it really helps your digestive system. And that's important, you know, in the Hawaiian concept. So I go out, I go into the aina, I, I rejuvenate myself. I know when I see the plants, what they do, what they are. I know what for laulapaau. la paao, I, I know which area have good lauhala, the lao niu, I can grab, I make eke, I put all my stuff inside. Uh, you know, wherever wherever the plants are, I get all my lauhala, like the one I, I made for you. This is from Kohala. Kohala is famous, there's a grove there called Uluhala Oniuli'i, way up before Pololu. That grove, nowhere else in this state can you get this kind of leaves, because this leaves you can squish, you can smash, and it come back to life again. It's a clean color, very strong. and Uh, The wauke we have here originally came from Kohala as well. And uh, I I bring those back and I use them. I weave, you know, papale and I weave things at home. That's another way to rejuvenate and to de-stress myself because as you weave the lauhala, hala is to pass, Mm -hmm. you know, slip away. Then I'm sort of saying, okay, let this go, let this pass away. So that's what I hope, you know, that we can... Encourage the therapist is to take time for themselves, let those things slip and pass away.
1: Nice, yeah, that's very important that we all find ways that we restore ourselves, you know. Um, And from uh, the Kupunas, Auntie Margaret, Papa Kalua, Uncle Freddie, you know, what would um, be characteristics that they would say would be for the next generation of practitioners coming out? You know, what would be important characteristics for these practitioners um, to have? You know, what kind of characteristics or attributes would be important for
2: practitioners? Um, You know, these people are from the older generation. So uh, they grew up in a very uh, Christian environment, which is different from today. You know, different. uh, They don't emphasize that today as much. But um, Kalua, our textbook was the Bible. Every class we opened the Bible, he would read from there and share with us. And Auntie Margaret would always have uh, scriptures that she would share with us during the day and she would talk to us. And Uncle Freddie would also bring up, you know, concepts that his grandmother, you know, from the Christian times. because before that she told them about when there used to be cannibalism and all that. And I remember they, they told me, Auntie Margaret said, Wesley, remember, it's Jesus that is doing the healing, not you, you better not forget that. And I said, okay, okay, Auntie Margaret. And Kalua was also the same way, you know, that he said, there's, there's no other God but the Lord Jesus. And he made it very clear. Now, it's different today because we have other kind of uh, ways, you know, that are being taught. And uh, so everybody got to find their, their their faith. But for us, this is what was given to us. And we saw people heal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cancer, Kalua had people with car accident, cannot even get up, paralyzed, get up. Auntie Margaret had people that... Uh, you know, had severe pain and all that. They get up and no pain after and everything. We saw that. So, if the thing that I always say is, today, find that place of faith that you need. For them, that was what they told us and that is what I kept. I kept that. I have to abide by that. That means, Uncle Freddy said, the work is tapu, meaning you don't go fool around and go take drugs and, and get drunk and any kind while you're doing the work. And, uh, you know, that, that that is something we try to we try to maintain. Health is very important. Mm-hmm. So we cannot be bombed out on, like I told one of the students, I know you're taking medical marijuana because you have pain in your back, but how are you going to help your people if, if they come to your back pain? You go, oh, here, i give you a joint. Go smoke this. This is better than me. Cannot. I said, there is a way to heal without your medical marijuana. Our kupuna never had medical marijuana. <laughs> I said, <laughs> they had Ava, they had whatever, but they, you know, they also, at nighttime, they bring out the ukulele and everybody kanikapila and singing and laughing and all that, and that was their way to get rid of the stress and the love. Every one of them had so much aloha people crying when they're coming in for treatment, you know, because of the love that they shared. And they reached out to all kinds, not just our Hawaiian people. Mm -hmm. They went to Europe, they went to Japan, they went all over the world. Uh, Uncle Kalua went to Germany every year. And Auntie Margaret rescued the hippies. So, they had aloha and compassion for everyone. They wanted these people to receive the, the healing that the Hawaiian culture had and I believe that's very important because otherwise what are you going to offer? There is tremendous mana, tremendous healing and it's no, no need be for money either, you know, but sometimes the people they're so grateful they want to give something so I take it, you know, I'm, they're not going to give me fish, they cannot go fishing. But if they like give me the money, I'll take it. But the spa is different, you know, they got to pay and then they give you tip or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so there's different things, different ways, you know, but that would be one of them. And
1: um, back then when you were studying and stuff, was people coming to Auntie Margaret, Papa Kalua, was it more of a makana base or was it more um,
2: having a... Kalua to had to do makana because he didn't have a license. So his was $35, uh, at first he did Makana, but people were coming in, they go, hey, you're gonna fix my arm, man, I'm going to Vegas, I gotta go to slot machine, man, and they bring seven people in the family, and when he look at the end, they only put $5 in the bowl. And then the wife said, hey, honey, you go work on all these people, and they beat big people too, and, and look, they go in Vegas, they gonna spend how much, thousands of dollars, and then they give you $5 in the bowl. So that's when they had to say suggested donation 35. Auntie Margaret had license. She was one of the first kukuna and kahuna to get license in 1960 something. So her number is real low. She could charge. So what she do, $75 for the first one, $45 for the next one, and free for the third. So you come back the third time because you know kids say, oh, I know can afford it already sure got your money over here. <laughs> so you come back for the free <laughs> loan. she was a sticker for that guy, you know, because she goes, hmm. I don't know who's taking money out of the Tipo because I don't see too much money in the Tipo. But oh, she, she understood, you know, they work hard and all I that. I know, it the, is yeah. hard
1: work to do me and stuff. Yeah. You, we do put out a lot too. Now
2: there were the fishermen in the back. The ladies, they, they they go, they give her fish. They go get the opendu and then they dry the fish. And they say, oh, I like you know, so many kaaho and it's, they give her. Well, that's okay, you know. That's family. They all koapo. They exchange.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: um, the you know tourists, you gotta charge them. You know, cannot cannot just get kiss.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, any um any olelo noeals you want to share with our listeners over here, or you know any um wise sayings that we can carry on for um you know any of our um or any last last moolellos that can um help help plant the seed for our practitioners who are listening and for the people that is. You know, aspiring to be practitioners or doing the works. You know, I know because being a practitioner, a Lomi Lomi practitioner. You know, takes a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication. Yes. You know, a lot of training. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of Aloha. Yes. Um. So, just to um continue to inspire and to continue to do the work. You know, because it's so easy to. We're well, In today's society, we got so much on our plate. It's right. so easy to give up on um, some of these practices. You know, lauhala, you know, right. um, with, with everyone's kuliana It's sometimes right. easy to right. um, walk away and not do this kind of stuff, you right. know. So mahalo for hel- helping the kids at Halau Kumana right. um, continuing these practices. Um, any final words you want to share with uh, our listeners?
2: You know, it's it's our wish and desire um, that along with the work, the the faith that Alkupuna had each day, where they came before the Lord, they came before God and pulle and prayed and asked for every little thing. You know, it wasn't just a, a ritual; it was something they really they depended because see today. It, it, we got so much things to fall back on. You know, we were very prosperous compared to way back when Auntie Margaret guys first went back to Kona, there was nothing. And uh, she really wasn't, had a Lomi, didn't have a Lomi Lomi business. I think they had a little store or whatever. Things weren't that easy back then. And they, they remember how hard, you know, they had to sow lays out of the Ekoa seeds to go sell to the tourists and sell bananas and whatever. It was hard. And so that's why they really trust everything you know, to Akua. And this is the most important part. I try to tell the kids, I go, I go to the prison every week because a lot of our boys are over there. They're good, good boys. Some are rotten, but there are a lot of good ones too. <laughs> nice 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 guys and they're so worried because the family out there and the children said please pray for my kids pray for my wife I know they're having a hard time I cannot do nothing I'm over here and no daddy means no income no protection so we go there to help with the spiritual needs of of those men and the children I want them to know that listen You may have problems and everything, but let the culture, let what you have here, and your faith in God be the thing to fall on. So if somebody comes to you and says, hey, let's go, let's go take a hit, let's go take some crystal meth, let's go do this, you can say to them, you know what? I don't need that. I'm very happy in myself. I know who I am, I know my culture and I know my God, and I don't need that. That's why I do with the, with our kids, because if we don't reach our children here, I gotta go see them over there. Mm-hmm. And some of them are back in over and over, because it's so easy, they go back out, ah, oh, I cannot make money, nobody will hire me, go we'll sell drugs again. These kids, get your education, do what you gotta do so that you can Support yourself and your family. If lomi lomi is a, is a career for you, then do what you need to do, because it's not easy. It's very tiring. It's a physical, and uh, you know, sometimes in the beginning, not too much money. But if you if you persisted and you stay at it, and you're really sincere about what you're doing, and take business courses or accounting, whatever, so you can see, you know. Don't, don't blow up all the money come in. You save some aside for later on. And do what you need to do so that you know who you are and the richness of the culture and faith in God so that you can carry on all of this. We want to see the gen- next generation and the next generation. We're, we're, your, your mom and I, we, we, we already, we, we don't have too long. We only got 20, maybe 30 years more and that's it you folks have more so that's why we have to step it up a little faster than you do because we don't know tomorrow we might not be here mommy might go i might go we don't know i can be healthy today but no maybe my time tomorrow i go take a nap i don't wake up you folks don't, don't worry about that. You know you know, you can look from here, oh yeah, I'm gonna be going this way, and, you know, I got this much more, but we don't have that kind of time already. That's why what I do, I have to concentrate, you know, with them, with, with what we're doing, you know, with encouraging our future practitioners, because our work here in Hawaii is wonderful. You know, even the Maoris, they come up a lot of times, they admit the Hawaiians still kept that part. We don't have what they have—the protocol and all that kind. But we we kept the lomi lomi. Mm-hmm. They don't have that down there. Not not to the degree that the Hawaiians developed it. They even said, "You folks maintained it." They said, "Our people—that's something that was not kept." They do they bili bili, whatever you know, but it's not the same thing. Here. This kind of work that was given to us throughout the world, people are amazed. You know, Kamaka, people come. They go, "Hey, I get massaged all the time. I never had that." I say, "You never did have this. Where did you learn?" I said, "From my aunt, my kupuna." And they goes, "What is that?" I said, "Well, that's our, you know, our elders that were. It was passed down to them from generation to generation." You didn't go to school? I said, it's not a school. We went to a class, but after that, one-on-one, they train us, and that's how I learned. I said, you know Karate Kid? They go, yeah. You remember he paint the fence? One, two. Wax on, wax off. And then he did the, the car. You know, he waxed the car, and then he painted the fence. And finally, he got fed up with Mr. Miyagi, and he said, <laughs> he said, I don't want, I, I, I got to learn, I got to learn. And then he said, Daniel, and then he went, ah. and he went, Daniel, and he hit, and it was all blocks that he was teaching it. So today, I don't know who can handle that kind of training because we had to do the doodle work for, the, for them, carry the doodle buckets and burn the toilet paper and you know, it, she's pouring out, I got to pour the doodoo out in the colander, and then she get the chopstick, and she's looking at the doodoo and she goes, oh, okay, all right. Okay, Wesley, take them, take them to the, We got to go to the dump, and we got to dump the toilet, dump them in, wash them, clean all the, the buckets and everything. On top of that, run upstairs, go lomi-lomi all the people, and then Auntie Margaret screaming, and, hey, you know my wash over here, yada, 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 they're screaming at us. I want it for quick. And I used to think, why are they so hard on us? You know, and I see the holy students running around playing in the back there and they don't scold them and all that. Well, then I realized today, why? The holy students are not here. They're not the ones teaching our children. They're not the ones helping our community. They're gone. I don't know where they are, but we're here. And that's what they knew because you folks are gonna be the one next. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna let you go easy because if you go easy and you kapulu, cannot do this. Cannot be kapulu. And this is with all of them. They're very careful. You know they watch you like that. And some they you know ah, okay no no don't worry not But a lot of them they they, they don't want. The work going down to Kapulu people, mm-hmm. or people that they, they just, you know, uh, have, have they, they, so much problems, they get issues and all that. Well, cannot, you know, you got to settle those issues. You cannot be, I get, oh, my girlfriend, I broke up, I get another girlfriend this week and then next week I get, you get girlfriends all over the place, but you don't, you don't have a stable relationship, you know, you don't have somebody you can hone in on. All that kind of stuff got to be taken care of. That balance, that porno. Oh yeah, cannot, cannot, cannot. You cannot screw your students. You know what I mean? You see what pretty, because that's what happened on Maui, that temple of the you got know. You know, watch out. They, that's what, uh, and told me, she said, that one, I would know, Play with other I got it. Wow, really? <laughs> she said, yeah. Yeah, look, read the letter. So I read the letter, the lady said. She went to Maui and the guy gave her the ancient Hawaiian, you know, and after that, she had to go counseling. Hmm. But all in the name of Hawaiian, see. Yeah. Now Kalua, he went into the cervix and he adjusts. Auntie Margaret went in took out the cysts, but that's different. That's not, you know, mean. I was with Kalu when he fixed the endometriosis, he went right in and he went boom, boom, like that. And the woman went like this. After that, she had pain. When she came in the door, she was in severe pain. Just came from the doctor. She said, I have endometriosis. And Kalu went, in, psh, 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 after that, and then she was okay. So you gotta take this out. You know, yeah. my, my, my...
1: Mahalo nui. Yeah. Mahalo nui, Uncle Wes for the work you do with the community right. and for um, helping out the students over here um, at Halau Kumana um, continue to do your good works. Um, Mahalo to all our listeners for um, continuing to listen to Leo Kupa. Leo Kupa is produced by myself, Kamakanui Ha'ilona, and Mr. uh, Kavika Brown. Um, Follow us on um, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Add us to your uh, email listing um, and a big uh, mahalo nui. E am a man who is a man who is a na who is a ya kahina kua, kahina who is a man who is a man who is a man who is a ka who is a man who is mana, ke Manea o kou, manea mā kou, manea kā kou. a mā a